we don't want to have this perfect score. We want to have a perfect process. And so when I'm working with, with a service expert to say, let's get you where you want to go, I, I care about two things. I care about what are your goals in life? And then how can we improve the process to help you get there? Because KPIs are so important, but they're just a report card that is a symptom of what's actually going on when you're in the home with the customer. They're not going to tell you the whole story. The whole story is the process. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you today, and we're inviting Mary Anglin on to be talking to you about KPIs and why they matter in the truck. We also have a guest host joining us today. Mr. Michael Vavrick is helping us out on the introduction. And before we jump into the topic, we're going to break it down for you and look to Brian for our quote. The measure of success is not whether you have a tough problem to deal with, but whether it is the same problem you had last year. John Foster Dulles. Ooh, bringing the heat on the quotes today, Brian. All right, I like it. Hey, let's introduce Mike here. So we have our external operations, and I want to get your take on that quote, Mike. What What's your angle on uh, what Brian was just laying out there? Yeah, so that quote is a sort of a wonderful indicator of why KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, are important. Uh, the, you know, the same problem that you had last year uh not being the same problem that you have this year is predicated on the idea that you actually know what that problem was last year. Oof, right. Yeah. And you know, if you don't have those KPIs, those measurables, you don't even know if it's a problem. And if you're not measuring it year over year, you don't know if you're growing, getting worse, getting better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love that quote from who was it? Dulles. Yeah. Dulles. Yeah. D- D- Dulles air force base. Seems reasonable. Probably the same guy, I'm guessing. Or no, it's Dulles Airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Yeah. Close. Probably same guy. Nice. Yeah. I like it. It is D-U-L-L-E-S. So mm-hmm. I think that's how you spell mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Anywho, KPI, key performance indicator. Key meaning important, right? Key meaning uh, uh, means everything to the business. Means everything to you in your truck. Performance meaning how, how you're doing. An indicator just meaning this this shows you where you're at. That's what a KPI is. I, I know that uh, when I was in a truck, I, I heard the term KPI. Could not tell you what it meant uh, early in my career. But when I found out what, what a KPI was and started to understand it, it became very important to me. It became important for me because I wanted to track my own stats and like worry about them myself. <clears throat> and that's where you want to get as a technician, where your your team leader, service manager, sales manager, whatever it is, is not concerned about you unless you bring them a concern. Like you're self sufficient. Mm. You're you're a well oiled machine that's constantly improving and bringing up the people around you. That's your idea 
I mean, your ideal um, service tech, that's who, whoever you are in the field, installer, tech, plumber, electrician, HVAC, you want to be the person when, and we've talked about this before, but probably should talk about it every week, when my name, Brian Burton, comes up on your phone as I have a text message, it's my hope that when you see my name, you go, oh, sweet. Or at least neutral, you know? Like, hey, what's up with Brian? Not. It's Nate again. I've actually changed. Probably going to be some attitude. I, I've changed <laughs> the text message alert sound for your text messages to that. Just a groan. A sigh. <sighs> <laughs> you you want to be the person who, when, you're, when your team leader sees your name come across, they're, they're you know, it doesn't have to be a feeling of overjoyed, but a feeling of like, oh, cool, what's up? Yeah. You know, versus that person who's who's a stressor. You don't want to be a stressor. Mm. A, a problem finder. Be a problem solver, right. if, if anything at all. If not just a source of motivation and inspiration for everyone around you, but be a problem solver. And you track in your own KPIs, your own version of key performance indicators, your stats, if you will, which to me is a much much better word for it. It it sets you apart in the mm-hmm. industry, whatever industry you're in, doesn't matter. If all you do is think about your stats and how to improve them, when you're doing that job anyway, I'm not saying you're you know rocking your kid to sleep. You should be thinking about your stats and how to get a better ticket average. I'm not. I believe when you're there, you should be focused on that. But when you're in between calls, or when you just got out of a call, you should have somewhere where you mark down this stat. I ran another maintenance call today, and I did or did not sell it. And and this brings my average of whatever to the week to this, for the week to this. Like, this is how many I've run this month, this week, this day, this year. Here's what my closing percentage is on them. And then a note of like, here's why I think it didn't go my way or why I think it went so well. And it's no different than the combine. You know, if you're a football fan, you're trying to get your stats better. You're trying to make more money. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, another acronym GPS can kind of relate to KPIs because it's about learning where you need to re recorrect to get back on course, right? Like the KPI is the indicator that, hey, turn around, turn around, turn around, you took a wrong turn, or like, hey, great, you just made up 10 minutes of uh, estimated time of arrival. You know, that that's kind of the same concept there where the KPI is that indicator, it's, it's telling you what's going on. Now you still are responsible to figure out how to make the correction because the KPI in and of itself is not going to be the fix. Mm. It is simply the alert. Yeah, no, as we're drawing analogies, I couldn't help but think of when you go to the doctor, if you go into the hospital and you actually get hooked up to a monitor and, and it, it actually draws your key metrics of how you are functioning physically. Right. Um, I would hope if any of us would go in right now, we would all have normal, you know, well-functioning metrics. Our pulse ox would be good. Our blood pressure would be good. All of those things would indicate that we're completely healthy. Um, and when you're in there and if one of those stats start to decline, that monitor doesn't do anything but alert you that it's going to decline, right? Or as it's getting better, it doesn't do anything as far as making it better, but make you aware. And that's that's where this starts 
and and it's so important though it, it is it is a pulse on where you are functioning within that role yeah and and when you take that into the truck i mean it's so difficult to keep those metrics in front of you because you're you spend so much time focusing on uh, I got to go back to this client again. <laughs> oh my word. It's, it's in an attic or it's in a crawl space or <laughs> it's, it's this type of call or whatever. And it's easy to lose track of those things. Just as it is when you walk out of the doctor's office, you no longer have the beep. You no longer have the, the pulse socks. You no longer have the, whatever the chart <laughs> thing, you know, is I'm the making waves with my fingers here. So the, the EKG, the <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You no longer have those things. And so we wanted to introduce Mary into the conversation because it's important to keep that stuff in focus when so much else is contending for your attention. hundred percent. Not to get off track here, gentlemen, the Washington Dulles international airport in Dulles, Virginia. Thank you. He's got, he's got a city for crying out loud. This guy. Yeah. That's confirmed. That's confirmed. Listen, dude, he's got fire stats. How could he not have a city? In, in the Brian. dude has massive KPIs. <laughs> Brian Pedia. <laughs> Brian Pedia over here. Okay. John yeah. Foster Dulles, born February 25th, nine, sorry, 1888, through uh, passed away, unfortunately, on May 24th, 1959. Was an American diplomat, lawyer, and Republican Party politician. He served as United States Secretary of State under President Dwight D. Eisenhower from 1953 to the year my mom was born in 1959 and was briefly a Republican U.S. Senator for New York in 1949. There you go. More you know. Dulles International. That moment of history brought to you by... Brian Burton. Look, Waste No Day podcast. We're going to start advertising now, buddy. <laughs> We're certainly not advertising for a uh, an international airport. There it is. All right. Well, Mike, I, I wanted to get one more take on you, and that is uh, your idea. Uh, and we're going to ask these questions to Mary, of course, but I want to get your idea on what are some KPIs that you, in your chair of operations, uh, would think is important for technicians, plumbers, and electricians in a truck to be focusing on? Yeah. Um, I think if... The thing that I would focus most on is the average ticket and the number of calls run without any fee collected. So both, you know, not collecting a service call and not collecting any sort of add-on. So even a, you know, a drain pan treatment, uh, even, you know, a level one as a plumber, you know, even adding an outlet, uh, that would be the most significant indicator for me. Yeah, Brian, what did you, you had an acronym for that uh, back in the day, I believe, DFO? Yeah, that's not mine. That's I don't know whose that is, but I know I learned it from Dulles. Lance Lance Fernandez. Dulles. My my mentor. <laughs> and I'm, I believe he got it from Ken Goodrich, um, who I worked for back then. Diagnostic fee only, your DFO, uh, meaning you only went out and either collected nothing on a free estimate or the, you know, seventy nine dollars or whatever it is you charge to go up and, and run a service call fee. Maintenance fee only, the MFO would be you ran the maintenance call and only got whatever you get for running a maintenance call. You, you collected nothing on top of it. Truly, truly are the, the worst enemy to an organization and a, a field service tech. They, they truly are your worst enemy. Right, because every time you put a one in the DFO, MFO category, it's a loss. It's a big loss. As a, as a tech on any kind of a commission structure... The only thing you should have gotten out of it was great training on how not to take that loss next time. Bingo. Um, because you, you drove 
probably a significant amount of time to get there. You wasted this much time away from your family, your whatever it is you like to do when you're not here working. Uh, it was, it was, sorry, not you, me. When I was in a truck, I felt like I, I have burned a significant amount of my day of time that I can't get back. I can never get that time back. And I burned it going to see a customer who did not do business with me. And chances are, if I went to that home, even if I was just there for a maintenance call, they needed something or they could have benefited greatly from something or their family would have really enjoyed having something that we have to offer. I wasn't able to get it done. Ooh, painful. I got to wonder if uh, Olive Garden has like breadsticks only. Do they <laughs> think they have a breadsticks only KPI? <laughs> no, they, they charge pretty handsomely for those. Oh, no, the breadsticks. No, you only get breadsticks when you get oh, it. When you order. Oh, sneaky. Okay. Yeah. Sneaky. Plus, they charge you like four fifty for that little plate of Alfredo sauce that I want to dip my breadsticks in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's that going on keto? Dipping breadsticks in Alfredo sauce. Uh, the Alfredo's fine. That's like all fat and salt, man. <laughs> in fact, you just made me hungry. Breadsticks, I got to take a pass on those when I'm running a nice keto plan. <laughs> yeah. But no, like to the point of the DFO, uh, there that's going to be such a huge indicator in allowing your average ticket to get up. And as your average ticket goes up, everything else will take care of itself, right? You can look at your truck value over a week, a month, a year. But you, what you can control is that immediate thing is not taking a zero on that service call, on that maintenance. And that will be the biggest indicator in helping to elevate your average ticket, which will then elevate everything else, your pay, how you perform moving forward. But those two things really be the things that I would focus on most. Yeah, I mean, this isn't just tracking stats for the sake of tracking stats. I mean, yeah, you, you can go talk the same talk around the company, which I think is beneficial, but these these are designed to actually improve your financial situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, like the, the, the DFO and the MFO percentage was at least supposed to be updated for every morning meeting we had by our, by our managers. So we would get up there for the morning meeting. And as you guys know, there was a team of us who went in a half hour before the meeting to role play objections and whatnot. And we would look up there and <laughs> got to throw some of these old managers on the bus, but I'm not going to mention names this time. Usually not just done. Use, just use Michael as like a, a random. Yeah, as, as a as a uh, <laughs> manager who wasn't keeping up with the stats. Okay, yeah, there you go. We would get in there and it wouldn't be done sometimes, man. And we would be hot, especially if you crushed it the day before, man. You <laughs> <laughs> wanted those. Stats. Looking to post that zero. They were only for the month. That's all you had up there. So if it was like the sixth of the month and you were struggling the first two days, and then you had a weekend, and then the you know the the Day five, you didn't do much, but day six, you did like three days worth of, of work and revenue. You wanted to see those stats updated. Sure. And you, we'd get in there and talk about them. But when, when they were updated, it would be like, oh, yo, bro, Nate, what's up, man? Nice job. And you'd look at your, your peers and either fist bump them or say, bro, for real? You dropped like that? Like, what happened? And there was a level of accountability both peer pressure wise, like us wanting to, to, you know, you want to be the man to your crew. You want to be, you know, get hyped up, but also like personally. So I'd be running calls, you know, when I, when I left Vegas and I'm in a truck here in a Ben Franklin truck, I'm running my calls and I'm keeping those stats, you know, 
we didn't do a lot of stuff like that when I got here, but I'm keeping all those stats in my notebook. Like I had to know where all that stuff was. So, you know, I was force fed those stats, um, by a great mentor, Lance and, and, uh, Ken, and they stuck. And I, I would have loved to have had them for the years I was in a truck before I got there and very grateful to have them in the years that I was in a truck when I got here and way, way more grateful to be able to pass, um, stat keeping and KPIs down to people that I lead now that I'm not in a truck to say, look, man, check this out. If you make this tweak and keep this number in mind and you bring it up this much, here's how much money you can make. We were, I was doing an exercise. How many, how many techs were in the training this morning? Ballpark 70. Around 70 techs we had in the building this morning for training. And I did a show of hands who has, who has an income goal set for, for the rest of this year. And I don't know what it was, you know, it was over 90% of, of everyone in here wanted, you know, had an idea of what they needed to make this year and kind of how to get there. And, you know, I'm talking to the people who didn't raise their hand and unanimously installers. They were sparky and, and, uh, one hour installers who didn't quite. And I get that. Like we, we prompt them to set that income goal, but some of them are like just transitioned into being a lead or, transition from being a helper to uh, an apprentice a level two which means they get a little share of the the new comp for the job that the uh, task pay for the job and this can all be very confusing so they're not quite have they don't have their feet under them yet to where they even know how to make a goal for the for the year for their income but man when you really when we get to sit them down and talk about what it means and how you can break down the rest of the months of the year so this is where I want to be for the year it's now getting toward the end of May. We can take out, you know, the first five months and run an average and say, here's what you need the rest of the year. So these seven months, this is what you need to do. And then break that, divide it by seven, and then divide it by four weeks, and then divide it by five days a week. And here's what you need to do every day to get there. Some days you'll do a little more. Some days you do a little less. But this is your average. That's tracking KPIs for success. And once you get that figured out to where it's simple, and if you do it enough, it gets simple. You just you just naturally do it. You don't really need your pen. You don't need the notepad. You don't need the notepad in your phone or tablet. You just start naturally tracking this stuff in your head, and you become a goal machine. And I do mean a machine. It just it just starts naturally happening. I would just say the longer you wait to start tracking them, the harder it is to bring up that average. The longer you wait to make a change, it makes bringing up that average that much. Yeah, and it's not just the average either. It's like you, the the older you get, the harder it is to learn <laughs> these new habits. It really is like that. It's harder to get these new habits down um, as you get older. It's not a, a matter of your age. It's like the longer you've been doing it without it, the longer you've been doing it the wrong way, the harder it is to start changing things up and doing it the right way. No better time than now, though, to make a change. To waste no day. To waste no day. Waste no day. I'm not going to be the only one to not say it here. There it is. (laughs) Well, we're going to waste no day and ask Mary Anglin to join us. But before then... (laughs) (laughs) Seamless. I I ran across the room and kicked Nate in the rib cage. Hold up, bro. (laughs) I I wanted to read a review 
from, I don't know if this is supposed to say Club Mab or uh, CLBMAB. Maybe somebody can do that math. I love, I love like seeing a license plate where you can tell they went, they went to spell something. And I have like until this light turns green and I make my right turn to figure out what it is. Am I the only one? No, I, I try yeah, to do that. Gotta, too. I'm got to figure I'm it out. With you. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you guys try to figure out while I read this. Uh, title of the review, Waste No HVAC Call. Club Mab, C-L-B-M-A-B said, I listen every Monday and listen to old episodes the rest of the week. I used to be sick of running calls until I stumbled onto them, and now I take pride in my service work and how I treat our customers. Ooh, beautiful five-star review. We appreciate you, C-L-B-M-A-B. Yeah, man, keep fighting out there. Yeah, great review. And that and that's the idea for us, right? At Waste No Day is to, I mean, prime, you know, first and foremost is to make our people feel that way, but to get that message out across the, the industry that this is how we should feel about being in a service truck. Service truck. Service, baby. Let's get out there and serve. Absolutely. CLBMAB didn't mention that we want everybody to make a little bit more money, but that is certainly the case. Mm-hmm. It's all Nate talks about is himself making more money. Yep. I, I mean, go back through all the episodes. It's <laughs> practically a highlight reel. I try to cut them all out, but some of them slip through. <laughs> yeah, and, and for us to take pride in, in our work and what we do and for this, you know, to be podcast, to at least be a small catalyst of of there being an immense sense of pride for the, for how fortunate we are to be in this industry that doesn't necessarily get that treatment in the media or didn't certainly when I was coming up. Absolutely. And if we haven't said it before, we want to say it again. Thank you for listening and thank you for being out there doing the hard work. It is so challenging. We know that we see it every day in the eyes of our technicians here, and we want this to be another encouragement for you. And we yep. want this podcast to be an encouragement for you. hundred percent. Any, anything we can do, let us know, shoot us a message on Facebook messenger, or, you know, find us somehow. We're not, we're not hard to find. And let us know something you want to hear, something you want to see. Doesn't mean you will, but, you know, we'll do what we can. And uh, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll uh, do our best to read it. And um, if it's it's good. (laughs) If it's a good review. If it's a bad review, look up Rachel Maddow's show. (laughs) CNN analyst. and uh, drop. She works for MSNBC, but. MSNBC, pretty sure. Is there, is there a difference? And, and <laughs> you, drop, you drop her the, the uh, negative review. Uh, yeah, leave us a review. It is how, if you like the show and you want to help the show, that's how you help it. You write a review, you hit the five-star button, and it moves up the list on Apple Podcasts. Yes, Brian, that is absolutely correct, and we would love if you would help us out with that. Thanks, Mike, for helping us out with this introduction. It's always good to have you around, especially when we just randomly pull you in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And now what we're going to do is put Mary Anglin in your passenger seat. For the past several years, Mary Anglin has been a growing leader in the service industry with a focus on operational excellence and utilizing technology to improve efficiency. You may know her for her connections and expertise with Service Titan, but she has spent most of her time in the trades managing operations for a large multi-trade service company in North Texas. 
Prior to joining the CEO Warrior team, she worked with over 150 business owners through on-sites and training programs to improve their business structure and overall profitability. Mary joined CEO Warrior as a master advisor last year, but has been involved in CEO Warrior world for over four years. She has firsthand experience with the power that implementing CEO Warrior systems can have on a business. She brings a passion for bringing awareness to the value of the tradesmen and helping everyone in the trades change their mindset and achieve greatness. With that, welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're pumped to have you on. We're, we're, uh, we, you and I did some texting about a potential episode, and um, you seemed excited about relating KPIs to someone in a truck. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't know your numbers, you can't improve your numbers. So what gets measured can be improved. And so many people get judged on their numbers, but they don't even really know what the expectations are. So missing piece. I'm excited to be on here to, to talk a little bit more about that. Now, for the sake of our, well, okay, for the sake of Brian, explain what KPI is. Mm. Absolutely. So Brian, a KPI, <laughs> just kidding, uh, is a key performance indicator. Uh, it basically is a report card. That's the way I describe it is if you, when you went through high school and you got your report card every six weeks and it told you if you were ABC, it doesn't really show an entire picture of every single task that you performed or a project that you had assigned to you, but it gives you an overall summary of just how you're doing and the areas that maybe could use some improvement. Now, Brian's not very familiar with the ABC letters. I think mm-hmm. there was a couple others on his, but uh, maybe you could bring us up to speed on how we would do or use this in a business sense. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're talking about making decisions as you move forward, I always want to stop and pause. And it doesn't matter what role you're in in the company, you have crossroads where you come and you say, this is the way I've always done it. This is the way I want to do it moving forward. These are the results I'm currently getting and I want different results or I want better results. And so you come to these decision crossroads. And to me, the, the key performance indicators, the KPIs, is what I look at, they are what I look at, when I'm making those decisions and saying, where do I focus my time and attention? I don't know about you guys, but like when I'm working, I work for a paycheck. I do. Like I, if, I, if I stopped getting paid tomorrow by my clients or by my company, I would probably stop showing up tomorrow. I, I live for the life that I want. I work for the life that I want to live, um, not necessarily living to work. And so when I'm talking about making decisions to improve my life, a lot of those have to do with business. And so I want to see what can I do to make more money, provide a different life for my family, and expand my opportunities and my potential in my current position. And so that's where I would start to look at those records, those results, those numbers, and say, this is what's going to make me more money. And that's, that's a baseline for me on how I'd use KPIs in business. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And, and there's, a, <clears throat> there's a huge disconnect in, in the technician world, I believe, between me making KPIs that are important to me as a technician versus the manager making KPIs that they hold me accountable to. And for me, when, when it became, and, and I can just name a dozen people here who, you know, make well into the six figures, who every single one of them tracks their numbers. You don't have to go into a computer to find out, you know, the ticket average, the closing percentage, the um, anything to do with a top performer. You can just shoot them a text and they don't have to open anything. They know these numbers. 
So a big a big marker for success for us for for you know field staff, be it comfort advisors, plumbers, electricians, um, service techs, you know we have them all here, is how how well they track their own KPIs, and you know these men and women will have certain ones that they track that other people don't, like some care about their closing percentage, where some are only concerned with their ticket average, some are only concerned with their monthly revenue number. Um, very few are tracking what they're making as their primary number. It's almost frowned upon and, and with high performance. They know what they're making, but that's not the number they're after. It's like uh, a, a result of one of the other KPIs. But if you want to if you want to just grab 10 people out of an organization and see who the most successful three are, you can grab them and ask them where are they at for revenue, ticket average, and closing percentage. And the ones that can give you two of those numbers, they're your most successful people. Absolutely. They are. And on, on the flip side of that, companies that struggle, are you'll find that they're the ones where they're service experts, their guys in the field have no way of knowing their numbers, right? Like they'd have to like, I mean, I've seen guys, really high performers that are writing their tickets on a notepad every day to try to just go home and do the math on a calculator to determine what is my average sale? How many leads did I set today to flip to the sales department? If that's a thing, what's my conversion rate? And they're running those numbers manually because they have that strong desire to improve and that kind of self-motivation to say, I'm going to be the best at exactly what I do. Um, and so it's so important, too, to, to kind of make those a little bit easier to get, in my opinion, for, for service experts in the field. It should be a simple, what are my numbers? They should know it. They should be able to see it right on their iPad, you know, notebook, whatever they're, whatever they're using for the day. I think most of us are on iPads now. Sure, whatever, so whatever it is, it, there needs to be some way that they can see and track it easily. And again, they, they really have to know a number and, and understand it. It almost makes sense to like just grab them from time to time and say, what what is this number and why do we track it to make sure they have a, an idea of what it is? Because it's like, well, I was just talking to one of our newer employees here who's an, an avid runner. And sh she was talking about getting her mile down and, and she won a half marathon for her age group recently, which was pretty cool. And I was thinking about that as, as you know, you and I were about to be on the phone talking about KPIs. It's like, she could be a person who wants to run a faster mile and just say, well, I just need to speed up at the beginning or end or in the middle, or she can time her, you know, eight minute, 14 second mile and say, I need to do that in eight minute and 10, eight minutes and 10 seconds. Brian, not your half mile time, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how many minutes late for this interview you were, buddy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> But if she didn't, if she didn't track that number, how would she ever know she's getting better? It would be a feeling, like just a kind of mystical idea, hoping she was improving. But you wouldn't know. So not tracking exactly. your numbers methodically and really obsessively, there's no way to get better. Yeah, you would. You would live in a world of instant gratification, where you feel really good after you go into a customer's home and you're able to, you know, improve their safety and comfort, sell them something, whatever, however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And you'd feel really good. And then you'd feel really bad after everyone that didn't go exactly the way you want. And so you're kind of setting yourself up just for a, for man, a roller coaster of a life. If you don't have targets 
that you're working towards hitting. So Mary, speaking of a a target that you're working towards hitting, uh, we'd like to know how exactly you got into this whole gig. Uh, So give us a little bit of an introduction about uh, who you are, where you've come from and how you made it to the place you're at now. I'd love to. So I fell in love with the trades about 12 years ago. I was hired at a large commercial HVAC company and they hired me as their product. <laughs> I guess you, you know, you know, uh, this is a long time ago and I've slept like nine times since then. So, oh. um, but I, but I was hired as the project manager. And so my second day on the job, I was calling companies trying to find a helicopter that could drop a 20 ton unit on a commercial property's roof. And this is my background. I had worked for Six Flags before that. And so um, as they're like as a director level at the Six Flags Corporation's corporate office. And so did you get free? Fast I took passes? this job. I did actually <laughs> like oh, as awesome. much as you want, as much as you want. I rode all the rides. <laughs> um, to, to coincidence, I hate roller coasters. Genuinely Ouch. would never ride another one in my life if I could avoid it. Um, but, you know, my son loves them. So, I, so I'm good with it. I'll take it. I take him to Six Flags and watch him ride all the rides. I, uh, but with that background, I came into this industry going like, what? I was not qualified for the job at all. I am, I'm lucky that I interview well and they hired me. And I was also really lucky that it was a software based job. So I could use software to help me run loads and, and form connections and all this kind of thing. And so, um, that's where I started in the trades. And the reality is, is that I fell in love with the trades because I loved my team at that company. I worked really closely with the service manager. I did ride-alongs with every single guy in the field. So I was the one that was watching them try to manage a unit on a roof in the wind and then try to answer the cell phone because the dispatcher was calling and the insanity that they tried to deal with. And just watching them in the field made me fall in love with the trades. And I just knew that this was going to be home. And so so from there, yeah. You had to order a helicopter to bring a, a unit down onto a roof. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. There was definitely, there was no room for a crane. There was, it was not going to happen. You were in a downtown situation. It was tight. So we, we just used a helicopter and we literally just airlifted it and dropped it right into the spot. It is amazing what those helicopter pilots can do, how detailed they can be. This is a former uh, Marine. So. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That I ended up hiring. We actually have a a Marine helicopter who uh, flew Marine pilot. one for, or, I'm sorry, helicopter pilot. <laughs> yes. Who, who flew, We're not interviewing uh, an actual helicopter. Who flew both President Trump and President Biden uh, coming on the show next week. That's a weird coincidence. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is really incredible. I love that. I like that segue. So if you're listening, you should definitely catch the show next week because it sounds like it's going to yeah. be an awesome episode. <laughs> Way more interesting than me, but I'm going to do my best to hold my own. All right. So after your dealings with uh, helicopters and dropping units, where did that take you from there? So I started working for a a service company in North Texas. I actually work for Lightfoot Mechanical right now. And so, um, and as their director of operations slash implementation. So my job right now is the, the director of get S word done. I'm trying to keep it clean, I guess. <laughs> Nate appreciates done. not um, having to bleep that later. S word. Yeah, sewer, exactly. So you can just cut work? that little part later, but okay. got it. Yeah, sewer works. Sewer works. Get sewer works done. Um, and so my my role at the company is to just make sure that we are as efficient as possible, and to make sure that our team has all the resources that they need. Um, in between there, just as a little side gig, um, 
and it's a you know multi-million dollar company now so i guess it doesn't count as a side gig but i launched a, a call center an inbound and outbound call center for the trades oh, wow. and so i yeah it's uh it's a blast and then i also am a master advisor with ceo warrior and so ceo warrior is a coaching and training organization in the trades coaching and training organization in the trades and we do a lot of training events throughout the year and i i work with business owners and with service experts and with dispatchers and csrs to just make sure that they have everything that they need to be successful so that's where that's kind of where i've landed that was you know 12 years to now so what's a master advisor well, I don't know, but they told me that I'm really smart, and so they just put me in charge. No, not really. But it is re- just somebody who works one-on-one with businesses to say, where are the areas? As an outside perspective, it's really easy to just get into the day-to-day of a business and just be trying to put out fires. Um, and in the field, you're just, you just run the calls, right? <laughs> like you're just trying to make it through the next call, trying to survive 100-degree heat, trying to get through the process um, when you're knee-deep in, in sewer water and uh and so (laughs) you right exactly i'm we're gonna work on it i'll work on it but uh so i just work one-on-one with businesses and just make sure from an outside perspective that everything is functioning the way that it needs to and that everybody's in the right person right seat is focused on the the job in front of them and it's and it's and it's set up for success all right well i'm here and now i'm gonna start going by master podcast host with that, but I think you should. Look, I was on time for on this a business one, card? like some people, so, you know. We're going to keep rolling with that? <laughs> until I think we, you should. Until Mary and I get that minute six, back, seven. buddy. We're going to keep running with it. Yeah. You, you understand, though. And my minutes are so valuable. As our listeners hear this podcast, I was on time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they might have never Techni- known. Technical difficulties. Uh, Mary, that's a that's a great story and a fantastic uh, role that you have there. I, I like the idea of innovation. That's something that we're constantly trying to do here as well. But uh, our podcast is directly listened to and geared towards by technicians in the field. So help us understand how somebody who sits in a chair in an office that has innovation and director in their title is going to relate to the real world problems of sweating it out in an attic and also having to deal with a grumpy homeowner. I'm, I'm so glad that you asked that because it, it was one of those kind of roadblocks for me. It was like a brain block for me. When I first started working one-on-one with service experts, and I tell you, I think it was two months ago that I sat in a room with 200, we call them road warriors, right, a CEO warrior. And so I was literally getting up on stage and saying, I'm going to help you learn how to do your job better. And I had this brain block that said, you are a middle-aged white female standing in front of this room and what are you going to provide to them that's value? Are they going to even listen to you? Do they even understand like what your background is and your history? And what I realized is, is that everybody has the opportunity to impact somebody else's life. And so what I bring to the table to a service expert is, is a couple things. One is I went out of my way as a person who sits behind a desk, as a director who sits behind a desk, I went out of my way to make sure I really did understand. I went on, I spent hours and days in the field, and not just that, but fun little story is I was nine months pregnant as the director of in-park services for Hurricane Harbor, walking around in 100 days of 100 degree heat at nine months pregnant, dealing with people in swimsuits. So listen, if every homeowner on your schedule is wearing almost nothing, 
um, at least have some experience with what you're having to deal with in the middle of the summer going back and forth between hot attics and trucks and it's insane. So, (laughs) (laughs) but the biggest piece that makes it is that I actually care. I care. I want, I think that the, that tradesmen are significantly undervalued um, in a lot of ways. I think that, that there needs to be a focus and a highlight on making sure that, that they have every single resources that, resource that they need to be successful and live just an absolutely incredible lives. And just caring enough to pay attention to it, I think, gives me some credibility. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time and effort and resources focusing on nothing but making sure that my experts in the field get where they want to go. That's, I mean, it's probably at least half my job is just that right there is making sure that they get where they want to go. I have one-on-one conversations with all of them saying, what's your goal? Where are you headed? How can I help you get there? So you're, so that's, I'm assuming like us, you, you probably spend significant amount of time helping them understand that they should have a goal and that they can get a lot more out of this than they expected when they got into the trades. 100%. This is a career. It's not just a job. This is a career, and it can be an incredibly successful career. If but, but anything that require that it has the potential to be incredibly successful also requires a lot of work. So working with working with the team in the field and helping them understand that this isn't this is a an ongoing process. This is not a game that you're trying to win. Right? You can if you have just targets, if you just have like, I want to hit this conversion rate, or if I want to hit this average sale, then you almost, it's almost like playing a football game and whoever has the highest score at the end wins. Well, the problem is, is that when it's a career, we actually have to have this mindset of this never ending mindset. We don't want to have this perfect score. We want to have a perfect process. And so when I'm working with, with a service expert to say, let's get you where you want to go. I, I care about two things. I care about what are your goals in life and then how can we improve the process to help you get there? Because KPIs are so important, but they're just a report card that is a symptom of what's actually going on when you're in the home with the customer. They're not going to tell you the whole story. The whole story is the process. And so most of my work says, let's look at this conversion rate. What does this conversion rate mean? How can we improve the conversion rate? But I can't just sit there and say, you're converting at 60%. I need you to convert at 85%. Have fun. Good luck. Go do it. Because everyone wants to perform at maximum capability. Nobody wants to suck at their job, right? And so if I'm talking to somebody, I'm going to say, let's go through your process and say, what does it look like when you walk up to the door? What does it look like when you have that first conversation with the customer? You're generally going to win or lose that customer in the first 10 minutes of the call. That's as long as you get to make a good impression and to build and to build trust. What does it look like when you present options? Do you build options? And we're going to actually walk through that process, and that's when that's where I find the wins. That's where I find the real transformation is when you actually just jump in and dive in and say, what habits have you formed with these customers that are resulting in these KPIs that are not where you want them to be, and how can we replace those bad habits with the good habits that are going to further your goals? and further and, and improve your KPIs. Well, okay, Mary. So real world question here. I mean, we're, we're talking about the concepts here, but let's, let's get this down to the actual in the driver's seat, real world stuff here. So what are some key 
performance indicators, KPIs, that a technician in the field, plumber, electrician, service professional, should be focusing on right now? Like, let's start with the elementary stuff. I love it. Let's talk about, let's get down to the basics. So when I'm looking at key performance indicators, I have five things that I look at, just five. There are probably 15 that you could look at if you just got really bored on a Saturday and you wanted to to dive in that. But there's five that I look at. And there's one that is generally the make it or break it KPI. And that's conversion rate. If If your conversion rate is where it needs to be, I've generally found that everything else will fall in line. So define that, that for my new. Absolutely. So let's say you've got four opportunities today, and by opportunities I mean customers you're going to interact with. Knock on a door. I've, inter- I've experienced knock on the door. Exactly. You've got four knocks on the door. It's so interesting. The other day I was talking to a dispatcher, and she said, "Well, when they go out for a for a, just a tune-up or a maintenance visit, is that really an opportunity?" And it was a great chance to have a conversation about what constitutes an opportunity. And for me, it's every single knock on the door. If you're going to interact with that customer, then you have one goal, the safety and comfort of their family. And I have never walked into a home that I couldn't find at least something that would improve the safety and comfort of their family. And so when I talk about conversion rate, and I say it's the number of opportunities compared to the number of sales you make, and I'll talk about what that means, that is every single time you knock on a door, with the exception of if it's a recall or a warranty appointment, sometimes those are, are harder opportunities, but even then, even then, you should be looking at the entire home Absolutely. and trying to find out what you could do to serve that customer. Yeah, we have guys so, who make sales on warranties and callbacks. Yeah, I was one in the field. That 100%. I wanted to run Mary's callback and then get to call Mary out in the meeting the next day and say, Thank you for leaving without talking about tankless because I got to put it in last night. Ah, that is, that is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful (laughs) thing. I love it. I love it. It's it's like how I feel when a CSR books a job off of a wrong number call. Oh, I was trying to reach Pizza Hut. Well, like I totally understand, but if you're eating at home tonight, how cool is it inside your house? Or you got any stopped up toilets? It's great. (laughs) I've seen it happen and it's a beautiful thing. So, um, but yeah, so, so so diving into conversion rate, that's, that's an opportunity for me. If you're interacting with a customer, you have an opportunity there to improve their life. And conversion rate is the direct relation between how many opportunities did you have and how many of those customers did you do something to move the needle for them as a customer. Did you, and it's not always selling them a replacement. It's not always a huge project, but how, did you do something in that home to improve their quality of life and bring revenue into the company? That's what I want to see. Um, as much as I'd love to say we all run nonprofits and, you know, we're just doing this out of the goodness of our hearts, guess what? Your company has to make money. That's how you get paid. That's how we all get paid. The company needs to not just make money, but also be profitable and have money in the bank at the end of the month. And so when it comes down to it, a big piece of your job is to make money doing what you do. It's not just to do what you do. And so conversion rate matters because you have to think about your truck like it's its own little business on wheels. 
that's how I, if I'm, if I'm going to run a successful service company, I want to look at it like every single truck almost operates like a little franchise. They have their own cost. They have their own labor. Each truck has its own individual things that need to be worked on opportunities. And so when I want, when I have a service expert, when I have a service professional that's looking or a plumber or an electrician that's looking at their conversion rate, I want them to really have a clear understanding of how that impacts not just their bottom line, but the company's bottom line overall. Every single time that you go out on a job and you pull into a driveway, it has cost the company a certain amount of money. And so your conversion rate directly relates to, directly relates to the profit and loss of the company. If you pull into the driveway and you collect a service fee, you have not covered your cost. That's not how it works, or a dispatch fee, or a consultation oh, fee, whatever not, it is that you want to call close. it. Not yeah. even close. And I think that's right. something that is not drastically, even close. drastically not understood by technicians coming up, like coming, like especially newbies coming into the organization who like have no concept of how their employment and the call that they're going to interact with each other at all, like from a marketing expense, from who answered the phone, from the building that they got their parts in this morning from the truck and the increasing prices of gas and everything else and how that all translates to them standing in front of a set of eyeballs that actually has a need that they can provide. There's a pretty big gap there in a lot of people's minds. Absolutely. So many times I have a conversation and they think that their hourly rate constitutes how much they cost. That that's, that <laughs> right, they, right. They, they know how much they get paid per hour. Well, that's how much it costs for me to be here today. And and so we have an exercise actually at CEO Warrior, a one truck exercise, where we walk through all the overhead expenses, the insurance, the gas, the opportunity cost, the downtime, the vacation days, the insurance, um, everything that goes into the back end cost of making sure that that's functional and making sure that everybody has a job. And it is a huge eye opener. And the reality is, is that national average, when you pull into the driveway, the company has probably spent between 250 and $350 to get you there. Yeah. And so and, and many times when you collect the, that, depending on the market, many, many times more than that, especially depending on where you're at growth and the market. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in California, it's probably double that um, or potentially. Right. And so, Depending on where you're at in the country, that's really that's that's an average for Texas and for and, and it's a national average, but it could be significantly higher than that. And understanding the, the the people and the effort that it took to put you into that driveway, you've got to put a lot of weight on what happens as soon as you knock on that door. How do you use that opportunity to not just improve the safety and comfort of that family, but also or that company or that however, right? But to also bring that profitability back to your company. It's a relationship. We, it's not a one-sided, you get a paycheck, you get to go home. You have to be focused on bringing value back into the company as well. And that's where it comes to when you, when you focus on your key performance indicators and you look at that, it's going to give you a good picture of the value that you're bringing back into the company. So conversion rate is where it starts for me. How many opportunities did you have? Of those opportunities, how many did you convert, meaning sell something beyond just that that base dispatch fee? So a, a, a triple so, win, as we would call it here, a win for the for the client, a win for the technician, and a win for the company, and, and we do call it in that order. Um, how many of those, say, four calls you ran ended in something being purchased with a five-star Google review, let's say? Exactly. 
exactly. And so that's where you where, that's where you get it. It's normally a percentage, right? So you convert at at a, at a certain percentage. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm not a huge fan of putting benchmarks out into the world. So I'm not going to tell you you should convert at this percentage or that percentage. What I would say is this. You need to know what you're converting at right now. What percentage are you converting at right now? And then work towards improvement. Yeah. Every single week, you should see improvement in that percentage rate. Yeah, it's like you don't want to measure. And it's Laura, the employee I was talking to earlier about running. I don't know what Laura weighs, but it's not a whole lot. And <laughs> if, if, you, if you put me on the line and her on the line and we were both supposed to run the mile in six minutes and I'm, you know, 215 at 511, I'm going to struggle to hit the same time Laura is. <laughs> it's not, it is not fair to start us at the same time for that mile, but you have different people with different skills and in different ways of going about things and that have been doing it longer than others and ha have had much more or much less training than others. So it's, I love that it's not about a certain number KPI. It's about improving your KPI, your conversion rate from maybe you're at 60% right now and you're, you're going to get yourself to 65 and then to 70 and then to 75 and then, you know, hopefully to 95 Exactly. And it doesn't, and that also doesn't mean that you look at the person next to you who's, who's running the mile in six minutes. And so at half a mile, you give up and go to the patio and have a beer, which is so often the temptation of saying, well, there's no way that I'm going to hit these goals that they've set for me. And so therefore I think I'm just going to, you know, just going to survive here. I'm going to, I'm just going to, to just going to make it happen. I'm going to um, bring in the bare minimum and, and just function. And so, you have to just push yourself. You have to be in a competition with yourself. Yeah, and it does. Always. It, it falls upon you as the, the individual to set those goals and then to celebrate them, and then it falls on the, the leadership team or leader to make darn sure that you help that person celebrate with every one of those victories and, and make it a big deal um, when somebody does achieve something like raising their conversion rate month over month. It's really a big deal. And, and the more it's celebrated, the more you'll want to do it again. Exactly right. When I teach Dispatch Warrior, um, I have a conversation with my dispatchers because when you, let's say you go to your first job of the day and you sell something, and I know so many service professionals and, and plumbers and electricians that have dealt with this, they they sell something in the very beginning of the day, their very first appointment, it's going to take them four or five hours to complete they call into the dispatcher and they say, hey, I, you know, we, we, I went ahead and did this. I'm running to the parts house. I'm going to get this day taken care of. And they're like, oh, fine. Yeah, I guess I'll just reschedule all your jobs today. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Good. <laughs> all right. And it's, and it's awful. It's awful. And so I talk to these dispatch warriors and I'm like, listen, if they call in and this happens, your response gets to be one thing and one thing only. That is amazing. Let me know when you get close or if you need anything from me, I'll take care of everything on this end. That gets to be your response. That needs to be the only response. So, so, so anybody else listening to this, if you're a dispatcher out there and you're listening to this, celebrate with your team. Celebrate with your team. Don't put it on them that you have to reschedule other appointments. It's a good thing. Absolutely. In fact, we did an entire episode on dispatching and how that element of the trades is so critical uh, to the success of the entire team. And basically the dispatcher is being like that, that cheerleader, that quarterback, coach. every time the coach, you know, who's encouraging, who's challenging, who's pushing 
Uh, but we're hundred percent behind you on that saying like, yes, when, when, in fact, our two dispatchers here, they, they do a really great job of mm-hmm. celebrating. And we did, you know, we shout out to, to Julian and Brad. That's What's right. Up? We talked to them. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's frustrations whenever you have to reschedule something, whenever you have to do that. But if it's rescheduled because we overbooked or we made a mistake or something like that, that's one thing. But if they're rescheduling because some guy sold something, they're, they're excited about that. And they're more than willing to jump in and make that happen. We're all, we're all on the same team headed for the same goal. We all want to make money. We all want to be able to live the lives that we want to live. And the dispatchers are a part of that team. They're, I, I say KPIs for dispatchers should be the exact same as the KPIs are for their field, for their, for the people in the field that they're working with. And because they're headed towards the same goal and they have a huge impact on that. And, and service professionals as they're working with dispatchers, there should be that, um, alignment between the goals. Everybody understands what we're working towards and we celebrate when we win and we work together when we have areas to improve. And sometimes there's, if I find any situation where that's not happening, it's almost a hundred percent of the time it's communication. That there's just a, there's just a, a struggle with communication between the field and the office and making sure that, that they've got all the resources that they need. I talked about this just the other day that there's two different types of people in, in a business. There's, people who are um, have a direct impact on producing revenue. If you're a revenue producer, it's kind of easy to see what your key performance indicators are. You can understand them. Um, we're going to go through a few more of them together. But then there's, there's revenue producers and then there's resource providers. And you're one of those two in, in your company. And if you are not directly related to producing revenue, then you should be 100% focused on providing resources to those that do and making sure that they have everything that they need to be successful. And so that's how I see when we talk about, you know, the wheel of the business and the dispatchers right there at the center of the wheel, making sure that everything's running correctly. Well, at that point, they need to be providing that, those resources to the service professionals in the field. And I love it when, when they change that mindset and they say, I am a part of this team, then what helps is that those service professionals then and those that are listening can say, I need this. I don't have to do everything myself. I don't have to operate all by myself. I can reach out to my team and say, I need this part. I need you to call this part sales. I need you to deal with this warranty claim. I need you to look up this serial and model number and see if it's still under warranty. Lean on your team to be able to get things done. They all have the same goal as you do, and it's going to allow you to be significantly more successful in the field if we can utilize every resource that we have. And so you're either a revenue producer or a resource provider, and you have to think about that as on a mindset perspective. I love those two monikers, Mary. That's fantastic. Hey, we're blitzing through it here. So we've covered conversion rate. What is another one of the KPIs that you would recommend we look at? Yeah, so I want to look at, this is a, a kind of a cross KPI. So it's you have average sale and you have average ticket. And that matters to me. And I want people to understand the difference because they're so often confused. Average ticket is going to take every single appointment that you go out on, every single one, every opportunity, every door you knock on. And it's going to take all of the revenue that you produce and it's going to divide your revenue by those number of opportunities. So even if you didn't sell anything, even if you just collected the dispatch fee, even if you only you did a small repair or you did a replacement, right? It's going to combine all of those, divide it, and give you a number that says, on average, every time you knock on the door, you're going to produce this amount of revenue for the company. And that's an important number to understand because it allows them to say, how many service expert, how many service professionals do I need? 
in order to run the successful company? How many do I need in order to run all the appointments that we're going to probably produce um, throughout the next few weeks? And they can base hiring decisions on that and a lot. But I also want you to know what average sale is. Average sale is different than average ticket. And you're going to hear both of those numbers and you're going to see benchmarks for them all the place, all over the place. You'll see people talking about it, right, on social media. Oh, my average ticket is this or my average sale is that. So it's important that you understand the difference because they are going to be drastically different. Average sale is the average dollar amount of the jobs you actually sold. So if you went on three appointments, uh, if you went on four appointments, you sold three each for $1,000, right? Your average ticket is going to be $3,000 divided by those four opportunities. Your average sale is going to be $1,000. It's going to be three sales all divided by just the number of appointments where you actually sold something. And we're getting into math and spreadsheets and insanity, but just realize that you can't compare those two numbers. So if somebody's saying, well, your average sale should be this, know that it's going to be a different target and it's going to be a higher target than your average ticket. Because what we want to see as an increase on average sale is when you look at the entire home and you maximize the opportunity, we're going to be looking at the average sale to say, are they maximizing their opportunity there? Did they talk about ancillary products? Did they talk about accessories? Are we building that into our options? Did we look at every single possible way that that customer could use our company for service and maximize those opportunities? That's where I'm really going to look. And that I just want to make sure everybody understands the difference there between average sale and average ticket because you can look at it and say, well, my average ticket is $600, but then my average sale is 1200 and it makes a huge difference in how you can, and on the targets that you set and what the reasonable expectation of your team. So, I mean, that so makes a lot of sense from, you know, somebody sitting in an operations position, but what does average ticket or an average sale mean to a technician in the truck? So your average sale, your average ticket, either one, is going to directly relate to the total revenue that you produce. And we were talking about earlier that very few high performers just look at that total revenue number. They're really, most of the time, not even that worried about it. They're not mentioning it. They're talking about the key performance indicators that dive into that, that produce that total revenue number. And that's where your average ticket or your average sale comes into play. Is it you take that conversion rate, you bring in that average sale or ticket, and now you're talking about maximizing opportunities. Average sale improvement with that customer is all about maximizing opportunities. So when you when you're operating a business and like so when you're operating in a truck, it's like operating a little mini business and you have costs associated with every single opportunity that you go out on. Now, as a service professional in the field, those aren't very those aren't always completely transparent to you. You don't always see the marketing dollars that are getting spent, the overhead costs the, the, what it takes to keep the lights on. That's how I normally refer to it. And so when you talk about improving those opportunities and maximizing the results of those opportunities, that is going to directly relate to everything else and the success of the business. When a business makes more money, you should be able to make more money. Now, if there's performance pay that comes into it, that's a whole separate conversation. But average sale, average ticket is 100% about maximizing the opportunity. There's a set cost that's already gone into that opportunity. Improve your average sale, that means you're maximizing dollars that have already been spent. And there's always an opportunity there to serve the customer at a higher level. 
when I say selling, it's really serving the customer at the highest level. If you are, if you're not focused focused on that aspect when you go into the home, if you don't care about your average sale, if your average ticket, I generally find that that matches up exactly with service professionals who have this very mechanical mindset of I'm looking for something that's broken and I'm going to do my best to fix it. I want to do those two things and that's it. Find what's broken and I'm going to fix it. Improving your average sale and your average ticket requires you to go beyond that and say, I am not trying to fix a problem. I'm trying to serve a customer and provide a solution. And so when you look as a solution-based mindset and saying, let me see if there's anything in this home to which I can provide a solution for, that's when you start to see improvements on average sale and average ticket. And those should directly relate to your success and your performance and your paycheck. Right. Plus, uh, I mean, our, our podcast uh, name here and our motto is Waste No Day. And what it really comes down to is it, it should actually be Waste No Call uh, because you only have so many hours within the day to run calls. I mean, you can't just be running 24-7. And so it's not so much what you do every single day as it is what you do every single call that makes more of a difference because then it's talking about the opportunities that you are capitalizing on each and every time that your truck hits the driveway of somebody's home as opposed to, oh, yeah, you hit some, you miss some, whatever, and we get to the end of the day and it was a good day or it was a bad day. No, it was, it was a great call or it, was, it could have been, been an even better call. Exactly. So many times I talk to service professionals and they just say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to come off salesy. I don't want the customer to feel like I'm pushing something down their throat. I don't want to like, I don't want it to be a high pressure situation for them. And a solid company doesn't want that either. That's not the goal. Wasting no day, like you said, and wasting no opportunity is just as much about when we say win, 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 it's a win for the customer first. And it always is. At no point is there a situation where you should be recommending something that isn't going to improve their lives. And so it's just about having the resources that you need to communicate how that's going to happen, to communicate what they need and what your expert opinion says, this is the value that you could provide to that customer. And so once you get to that point where you realize that these KPIs are a direct result of your ability to communicate to the customer, that's going to maximize that opportunity automatically, automatically. But it doesn't, it doesn't just happen without any work required on the part of the service professional. You do have to work on your communication skills and you do have to know your numbers so that you can see where you need to go and you can see what your target is as you move forward. Yeah. You do have to listen to some podcasts every now and again to to make you a do. Bit of effort. You know I mean? Every time you're in the truck. Stop wasting days. <laughs> Stop wasting days. Well, Mary, I, that's, that's, those are two fantastic KPIs. And if you were going to round out the top three of best KPIs for somebody in a truck to be looking at and tracking on a daily basis, what would be number three? Well, I'll mention this one. And I know that this is not a KPI you see in every single company, but it is my favorite KPI to look at because I know the numbers and I know the data. That's my job, right, is to know that. And that is options per opportunity. Ooh. And options per opportunity is, yeah, it's my favorite because it is scientifically proven that the more options that you provide to a customer, the higher your average will be. Customers are going to gravitate towards the middle option. So if you only present the customer with one option, then that's 
going to be the one that they have the choice to choose, right? If you present the customer with three options, then you're going to have a significant number of your customers choose your middle option. Well, if you present five options, well, now you've increased the overall average of what that customer has the opportunity to choose. I actually worked with a service company just last week, and they have a standard practice that on every single ticket, you offer to replace the water heater in the home. Now, I say that there's obviously situations where it's a brand new water heater, there's no opportunity there that that doesn't apply, but they, they've provided the resource to every single person in their company, no matter what trade they work in, to be able to just kind of show them options to replace their water heater and make them more efficient. Oh, so and even, it was so interesting to watch that. So your electrician yeah. is, is going in with, with three options to replace a 50-gallon electric water heater, what have you. Yep, 100%. Because... Because based on average age, based on the experience that you have, do you want to switch to a tankless? These are all things that you can have a conversation with a customer about, and you don't necessarily have to have a significant amount of plumbing experience to be able to talk about how awesome it is to have endless hot water, right? And so that's, that's, an, easy, that's an easier conversation to have. Well, but the whole goal is this, is to make it to where when you start looking at building three options or five options or six options and what's best practice, it does mean that you have to start to expand outside your normal mindset of these are the things that I offer, right? This is the three different things that I can do. And so I look at options per opportunity as a KPI because I want to know the average. Um, 3.6 is a, is, a, is a magical number for me right now. Um, and that changes, right? Because it's always just baseline and then look for improvement. But 3.6 options per opportunity. So I want to know that they're presenting more than three opportunities, options every single time they knock on the customer's door. And what I love about this KPI is that it's just so very, it's just so very simple. It's how much time did you take to build different choices for your customer? If you shop on Amazon nowadays, nowadays right? I know that we've all been there, right? You show up at the house and all of a sudden there's like 15 Amazon boxes on the porch and you're like, what is happening right now? Like, where did all of these come from? But when it's because when you shop on Amazon, every single time you add something to your cart, it has other customers like you bought these things. Or if you like this, you should check out these 15 other things. Well, options per opportunity is a KPI that tells me that my service professionals are doing that same thing. You bought this. You know what that might mean is, you need these other things as well. I noticed that you have a smart home. Well, I just want to know, did you want me to go ahead and install those USB plugs on either side of your master bed? You're a customer who likes convenience. We know this now. And so you can start to say, I noticed this about you, and I think that there are these other things that you could benefit from as well. It really shows me that the service professional is saying, I care about this family. I want to do my very best in the role, and I'm going to take the time and the effort and the attention to do that. And I know that seems like a lot for one KPI to tell you, but it really is my, K my favorite KPI for that reason because it does require effort. And I'll, I'll tell you, any service professional that I talk to, plumbers that I talk to, they talk to me and they're like, it's, 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 a, it's a leaky faucet. It's a leaky faucet. Like, how many ways do you think that there are to repair a leaky faucet? It, you fix the leaky faucet. That's what you do. And so we get, to, we get to really work together and say, well, if their faucet is leaking, what other opportunities are there in that home? Where else should you look? Because faucets aren't designed to leak. I mean, some would argue. But they're not designed to leak, right? If they're leaking and they're the same age as every other faucet in the house, well, maybe that's something that we look at. 
What about the toilet that's installed right next door? What if this is a new construction home and they use the, ex the very basic possible materials? There's going to be other opportunities to look at there. And so options for opportunity, that's my third KPI. I'll tell you it's my favorite. Um, Service Titan is great at kicking that out. Uh, so if you, are a, a, if you are a service professional and you use Service Titan, um, it's one of those easy ones to pull if you've never looked at it before. And it really speaks so much to the time and effort that are put in, that's put in in the home. This is excellent stuff, Mary. And as we're kind of starting to bring things in for a landing here, I uh, just want to give you the opportunity. If people are, are jiving with what you're uh, talking about and they're interested in learning more about KPIs and more about what you have to offer, where's the best place for them to reach out to you and connect with you about uh, developing that area of their own business or, or perhaps of their own truck? Yeah, I appreciate that. So we, we do, we have trainings across the board. So we have trainings for, for service professionals. We call it Road Warrior. And I'll tell you that the best resource that I can that I can provide and the best place to get those resources is CEO Warrior. So as a master advisor with CEO Warrior, I absolutely love them. You can look them up at ceowarrior.com. Anything that you need, you can access there. You can even ask for a free book. Um, the book is called The Nine Pillars, and they are a foundational concept that allows you to just, it allows you to grow in your truck, grow in your business, do anything that you need to do. And so um, if you want a book, you can also email me at mary at ceowarrior.com and I'm happy to just ship you a book for free. Um, but those nine pillars are foundational for us. It's where how we grow everything. And Road Warrior training is life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And so if you haven't been, I'm sure you've got some listeners that have already been to Jersey, to New Jersey and have been to Road Warrior training. But, um, but if you haven't, it's definitely a, a game changer for anybody in the field. Excellent. Well, as, as we've been focusing here on our audience being primarily people who are in the field, you know, behind the driver's wheel, in front of the client, those types of things. Uh, one of the things that, you know, can get brought up is like, yeah, okay, I got to, I got to do all these things with the client and I have to like learn Excel. You know, is, is that the case or is there simpler ways of doing this? You know, I'm, I'm sure programs like Service Titan, et cetera, like that have a lot more opportunities, but not everybody's on those types of programs. So if I'm, you know, if I'm a guy in a truck right now and I'm trying to figure out, I mean, this, this sounds like cool stuff. It sounds like it might be helpful for me, but where do I start on actually tracking it? What would you say? That is a great question because yes, there's software that just fits it out for you, but sometimes that doesn't even feel like it's accurate. And I'll tell you that Nate, the Nate best blushes you every time is, you tell him it's a great question. So can, can you stop that? I don't want to see him blush anymore. I got to make up for being late. <laughs> I'm, I, I, told, I told you, I'm not a complete brown noser, but he just has such great questions. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm, uh, I'm impressed by the question asking. I'm, I'll tell you, that, and, okay, so to answer your question, your mediocre at best question, um, Thank you. That's more. Like, that's the way we treat Nate around here, right? That's so much better. I felt more comfortable. Um, so grab a planner, grab a day planner, and just write down what you did that day. It really is as simple as that. When you start, if I was going to start, I have no tracking of KPIs so far. I've never looked at my numbers. Start with that. Go to Target. Send your husband, your wife, whoever to Target. Your partner, spouse, um, significant other to target and get a day planner, get a day planner and just start writing it down. Say appointment number one, this is what I did. Did I convert it? How much did I sell? What's my total revenue? How many options did I present? 
write it down for each appointment. Very basic. You don't have to be complicated about it. What you're going to realize is that your brain is going to automatically start noticing trends. So if that's all that you do is just write down what you're doing, then you will see improvement. It will happen naturally because you're going to start seeing what did I do on this appointment. Now, if you want to start improving your process, then when you have a very successful a very successful opportunity or an appointment with a customer, jot down the couple things that you did that you think went really well. Was there something you said? Was there something that you did that you felt like, man, that felt good, that felt natural, um, I can see that it produced a result, and jot those couple of things down. If you'll do those two things, if you don't have access to software that's going to compute it for you, I'm not asking you to bust out an Excel spreadsheet. That's not reasonable, and, well, mostly it sounds like a headache. So just write it down. And then that's going to automatically see some, some awareness and some improvement just on that, on that side. That's all it takes. Perfect. There's also, I don't know, probably 200 apps that you can download for free, <laughs> either on your, you know, Apple smartphone, iPad, or your crappy Samsung or Android <laughs> nonsense. Are uh, you saying it's dangerous to send a spouse to Target just for a planner that they might come I home spend, with more than that? Oh boy, if I send my spouse to Target, there's going to be a lot more than the day planner. It's like six grand for a day planner? <laughs> that work out. It's a notebook. Yeah, what, like, what why exactly, did you have to take out a new credit card? What happened there? <laughs> what exactly is uh, Amelia's opportunity uh, or options per opportunity when she goes to Target? What's Ooh, that KPI? Yeah. That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> well, this has been excellent I, stuff, I, Mary. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, like, this, I love it. I love that you even said that because that's where I get all of my good marketing ideas is just looking at business completely. Com looking at businesses completely outside the trades to tell me what are they doing right. So yeah, I wonder what are, what are options for opportunity are at target. I'm going to get 12 and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, absolutely. I'm guessing that's some experientially driven data right there, Mary. <laughs> oh, it, it might be. I would like to plead the fifth and I feel like maybe we shouldn't, you know, what, what, did you guys say you had to go? It's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> Uh, Mary, this has been an enjoyable conversation. And I think uh, KPIs is one of those things that, you know, it seems and, and I believe it, it starts probably in the office. Um, but man, if it is driven down to the technician level, if it's put in truck context, the upside is so high. You mentioned it earlier, what matters is measured. Or, or what you measure matters, the, that type of concept. Yeah, what gets measured gets done. Don't wait for the office to do it. Let's, right. let's definitely not end on that. If we're speaking to mostly service techs, uh, field staff, comfort advisors, do it yourself. Absolutely. Just take these three KPIs that she talked about and just start writing them down on an app, on a notepad, on a planner, whatever you can come across. I don't – carve it into your dashboard. I mean, if you – Whatever it is, just figure out a way to track this every day. Open the notebook and then like you're running that race or trying to, you know, up your weight on the, the bench press or whatever, where are you at right now? It'll take you a few weeks to, to measure it just to figure out your baseline and then in, and then increase it 10% over, say, the next two months, 60 days. Once you, once you nail that down on a single KPI, you will become a goal-setting KPI machine. It's just how it works. And you will become, if you're not doing it at all now and you start doing it that way, you'll become so much more successful so fast it will blow your mind. The opportunity is 
endless. It's just really endless. If you're not doing it now and you start, I think the sky's the limit. And that's a great place to wrap up here, Mary. So, I mean, what Brian was talking about there is, is kind of the question I'll go out on. So I'm a technician. I'm, I'm rocking what you're getting here. I got a day planner. How do I know where to set my bar? Do I, do I track my own stats for a while and then kind of go from there? Is there like a, you know, a database somewhere where I can look up average KPIs for HVAC plumbing and electrical technicians in the industry? Do I go with what my manager tells me? Do I average what my peers are doing? Where do I set those limits and, and where does the data come from? I will always say you should set your baseline. Find out where you are right now and then look for improvement. Find out where you are right now and then look for improvement. If you Google it, it you're going to get 15 different answers and they're all going to look different. You can do that for sure. I always believe that you can self-educate. You can watch YouTube videos. You can, I don't know, maybe listen to some podcasts and I'm sure that you'll get yeah, some information there maybe. as well. Not maybe, for sure you will. But when it comes to KPIs, I really strongly believe that it's important to find out where you're at right now, do the math, and then look for improvement from there, constant improvement from there. This has been a podcast of improvement, Mary. We appreciate you having on the show uh, or being on the show with us, excuse me. And I also appreciate the fact that like you have such a passion for this. You're excited. You want to see technicians improve themselves. And you, at the beginning, you mentioned it. And I'll just hit it again. You feel that the tradespeople undervalue themselves or are generally undervalued for what they do. We are in full agreement on that. And we want absolutely more people like you pushing into us saying, how can we get better? How can we measure this? How can we improve and waste no day? So thanks for being on the show with us today, Mary. Thanks so much for inviting me. You guys are great. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Mary. You too. Talk to you soon. That's it for today's show. I hope that you found it beneficial. Uh, the KPI piece is something that is is really undervalued. And I think that's something that we really want to push in here. Uh, make sure that you are tracking. You're measuring what matters. And if you don't have an idea of what matters, this podcast gave you a great breakdown of three simple things that you can start tracking right now. And you know what? If you're saying, hey, man, Nate, three is a little bit too much for me, fine. Go with one. Go with the conversion rate. Start talking about that or go with your average ticket and start talking about that and measure at least one thing. Start that today, right now. The minute that you are reading this podcast, listening to this podcast, rolling it through your head, start right now. You don't need a day planner. I'm sure you have a mobile phone uh, that has a note section in it or you have a piece of paper somewhere in your truck where you can write down, this is what I did on this call on this day and start tracking that and then push it out. Run the numbers for a couple weeks or a couple months and get your average and then start setting goals for yourself. Because if you're not improving, uh, you know, what are you doing? You're either green and growing or brown and dying. And that's something that we really preach here and we want you to embody as well. That's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the time with Mary. Make sure you check out her resources at the information that she listed earlier in the show. As for what we're doing here, we hope that it's been a blessing to you and a challenge to you. We want to keep bringing you content that is excellent. Leave us a review. Give us a shout out somewhere on social media. Hit us up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about what you're enjoying or if you have suggestions for how we can make the show even better. As we leave you with our challenge every week, we want to make you better. Make sure you're setting a KPI this week to waste no day.